Stand Up for the Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up for the Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for tuning in. I want to start with Isaiah 26.4. Trust in the Lord forever, for in God the Lord we have an everlasting rock. And we need that rock. We know Jesus is the cornerstone of our faith, and we know that we have truth that we can stand on. It is eternal truth. And, of course, as we know in our culture today, modern times, Truth has been attacked, God's Word has been attacked, and the actual word truth has been redefined to mean other things today. We need to just keep up with this and understand that's a tactic of the enemy, and we are going to talk about that today when it comes to lies about life in the womb. And I just really am thankful today we can talk about these things as long as we have free speech And that's going to be limited even more soon, friends. But let's do what we can with what we have right where we are, as the saying goes. Today's guest, Brad Mattis, president of Life Issues Institute. He's back with us. And if you don't know about the organization, it's outstanding. I get their newsletters, email newsletters. It was founded in 1991 to serve the educational needs of the pro-life movement. And the main objective is to develop and Disseminate effective pro-life education material. God knows we need people to be educated on this. We are so busy, so distracted, and so confused, apparently, about what happens when a woman becomes pregnant. So Brad hosts Life Issues. It's a daily radio commentary, and he's president of the International Right to Life Federation, and he speaks on this, and he's done so much work over the years um, Brad Mattis, welcome back to Stand Up for the Truth, brother. Well, thanks, David. It's good to be with you again. Yes, thanks for your time. Let's start with an update on what you've been doing, and then we'll get into some topics and some lies that we need to refute uh, from the left. But, uh, Matt, what have you been working on? Well, uh, of course, the reversal of Roe v. Wade has opened doors we've never had open before in the history of the movement. So as you mentioned, uh, pro-life education, we believe that that is the foundation on which we build those important political and legislative victories Mm. that go on to save so many lives. Mm. Um, The other side in a post-Roe environment wins only if this happens, only if they can keep Americans in the dark and ignorant of what abortion is, Mm the beautiful development of the unborn child, and the devastation both physically and emotionally that that can uh, inflict on the parents. Hmm. Um, Let's talk a little bit more about that. Um, There's so many articles out there and so many different angles on this issue from what's happening in in the pro-life pregnancy centers. We'll talk about that. What's happening when when a woman goes into a Planned Parenthood, um, oftentimes they do not see an ultrasound. They're not offered an ultrasound, and that's on purpose. Um, But, Brad, we're in interesting times where the left has been very successful at their evil agenda and kind of redefining terms. One of the ideas that has been put forth in the last several decades is a baby— or a pregnancy is a problem to be dealt with rather than a blessing from God. Talk about that for us. Well, you know, Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry is behind those lies. Um, We need to understand that the abortion industry is a money-making industry. If we could take um, the finances out of abortion, uh, they would move on to other topics. Mm. And so... um, They have put out the word in the earlier years when we were working in pro-life efforts, um, they were telling women it was a mass of tissue and nothing more. Well, now in this day and age with ultrasound, 4D ultrasound, the Internet where they can get 
information that refutes that. We haven't seen that so much. But you know, David, lately I've noticed that is a returning theme Hmm. with uh, the abortion industry and pro-abortion activists is they're trying to dehumanize that baby. Yes, and they've done a good job at that. Um, Sadly, uh, that's why a lot of people can stand on the side of, quote, reproductive freedom or choice. Um, and of course, there, there are a lot of lies when it comes to those words themselves. I mean, reproductive freedom. Let's just talk about that one for a, a moment, Brad, because <laughs> in my understanding, to reproduce, you must allow to have offspring born. You must allow them to be born in order to reproduce a species or to have children. Um, and of course, you know, God said, be fruitful and multiply. You cannot multiply if you're killing, murdering babies in the womb. That's not reproduction, but yet they've changed the language to reproductive freedom. So how do we refute this and, and get the, the thinking back to what it really means? Well, reproductive freedom, reproductive justice, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> reproductive choice, they, they are all code words for abortion. And a lot of them now try to avoid the word, the A word, abortion, because they knew they know a majority of Americans do not support abortion, much less abortion on demand until birth, which they are promoting. So the terms are very important, mm-hmm. and it's very important what we say. If we fall into this, then we are carrying out the work of the abortion industry. Um, instead of calling it a baby, they call it a product of conception or Fetus, which is Latin, by the by the way, for a little one. Yes. Anything to take away the humanity of that unborn child. Mm. And another translation I've heard, a little one or offspring, even uh, the meaning of fetus. So yeah, they've they've uh, just redefined the words there. Um, I want to go to one of your um, updates in your life issues uh, email newsletter, and number one of them from a couple weeks ago, and then we'll get to a more recent one after this. Uh, using abortion for birth control. This is an important point. Over the last decades, men have been skating by thinking, hey, I can have sex without restraints, and I don't have to worry about it because many women and men use abortion as a method of birth control. And the update says, instead of killing innocent babies, pray that men and women would recognize abstinence until marriage as the best solution for birth control, but we hardly ever hear that message, Brad. Yes, and it's always been a fact of life in the in the abortion community of America. Um, the Allen Guttmacher Institute, uh, which was, is very pro-abortion, they were founded to be the research arm of Planned Parenthood, yes. which is the nation's uh, leading chain of abortion facilities. They have said that... Uh, at least half of the women who have abortions were relying on that as their form of contraception. And the number of, of women that have had multiple abortions, uh, David, we're talking an appalling five, seven, nine abortions. Wow. It's a tragedy. Yes. And it is a huge detriment on their own health. And uh, there was one story in particular where a woman was coming in for her seventh abortion. Mm. She always ignored the reality of that baby until the even the, the, the uh, staffer at the abortion clinic was so sick of seeing her come in, she showed her the ultrasound. Oh, my goodness. And then she actually showed her her baby's body. So- and that was such a jarring ex- ex- uh, reaction. She became pro-life as a result. Wow. Well, that's the movie Unplanned. That's kind of what happened, you know, uh, in that movie. The the clinic director for Planned Parenthood, uh, she was pushing abortion quotas. Abby Johnson, she used to work for Planned Parenthood. And um, so there's some there's phenomenal movies out there, pro-life movies. But I want to get back to that, Brad. What do you what can you tell us about a Planned Parenthood? So apparently they do have um, ultrasound capabilities in their clinics or do some of them have them do all of them have them and i know they don't just offer them to anybody can you tell us how what the policy or procedure is yes i don't have a number of how many have them 
but many do because they have to, as they say, age the pregnancy. They have to determine how old that unborn baby is. Hmm. But they have policies uh, that require um, them not to show the women uh, the ultrasound, even if she asks. However, David, there are some states that require women be informed before having an abortion, and that means at least being offered to see the ultrasound. We don't expect that that is probably followed, but it was a way that we wanted to try to make sure women understood what they were doing before they pulled the trigger and their baby died, and then that's a lifelong uh, mourning situation that will last, uh, you know, until they're called home. Do you know, uh, Brad, how many states have those types of laws where they need to offer the ultrasound? Well, we have um, uh, on our website, we have a link to some information of legislation state by state okay. that the Susan B. Anthony uh, organization has done. And it's an excellent um, way you can find out state by state which states allow that. Um, currently, uh, we're looking at about 23 states that totally or almost totally uh, prohibit abortion. So actually requiring the ultrasound um, is kind of a moot point in states where they can't have an abortion. Okay. Uh, we have uh, se- several states waiting for uh, legal interpretations, legal rulings, to determine if they can stop abortions or not. But at the same time, we have 27 states that have uh, none or next to no restrictions on abortion throughout pregnancy. Okay, so again, friends, the website is lifeissues.org, lifeissues.org. We're speaking with Brad Mattis, and he's the president of Life Issues Institute. Brad, the next topic, we have been talking for months um, about the pro-life pregnancy centers that have been vandalized, firebombed, um, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of damage across the country. Now there's over 100 centers and churches, or some churches have been vandalized. Now, we started talking back at the week after Mother's Day. In fact, the day after Mother's Day, we talked with Julena Appling of Wisconsin Family Council. She's a friend of ours, a guest on this podcast frequently, and they still have no person of interest nor have they made any arrests. And they have offered now, Wisconsin Family Action have offered a $5,000 reward to anyone who would bring information on that attack. This is amazing, and uh, amazing when justice is not being served. And Brad, what can you tell us about some of the recent cases, especially with Mark Houck in Pennsylvania? Well, uh, first of all, I want to highlight a situation that happened on August 31st of last year. You just mentioned the over 100 cases where we have seen no arrests so far to date that we're aware of. Compare this with with what happened in August last year when a man set fires at the Kalamazoo, Michigan, Planned Parenthood abortion facility. Mm -hmm. Four days later, he was arrested and charged with arson. So we know they have the capabilities to yep. enforce the law, to investigate violent activity, and uh, they did so with the Planned Parenthood when it was attacked. What we're seeing is a blatant disregard for attacks, domestic terrorism attacks against pro-lifers. Now, you mentioned Mark Houck. Yep. Um, good example of how... The Department of Justice and the FBI is uh, conducting a campaign of intentional intimidation against pro-life Americans. He uh, has a long time been a prayerful presence outside of abortion facilities. He had his 12-year-old son there with him. One of the uh, uh, volunteers, the escorts for the abortion industry to get them into the building, was a 72-year-old man who was very aggressive and really acting aggressive toward Mark's 12-year-old son. Mark got in between the two and pushed him back. He fell, wasn't injured. He later tried to sue. The court threw it out. Yep. And um, his attorney said, if you, if to the authorities, if you need him for anything, we'll bring him in. It's no problem. Well, instead, 
and this came right from Merrick Garland, the attorney general in the Department of Justice. He he okayed this. Wow. In SWAT-like fashion, there were 20 to 25 men in riot gear and guns, probably 15 to 18 vehicles on their yard. Uh, they came in, almost knocked the door down. Uh, five of them were pointing guns at Mark's head, and his seven children and wife were witnessing all of this. Mm, yeah. Or and it terrified them. It was totally unnecessary, and there is no merit to the case whatsoever. We also have a case where an 84-year-old volunteer in Michigan was going door-to-door with information to oppose Proposal 3, which would expand abortion there. Mm -hmm. Uh, An 84-year-old retired nurse, her name is Joan, and she was talking to the the, uh, uh, wife, of the owner of the home who got very aggressive. She did not return that aggression. She instead turned around and left, and the woman's husband shot her in the back. Jeez. It took David 10 days for him to be arrested. Even though he admitted that he had shot her, he claimed it was it was uh, an accident, which is strange because they offered no help at all to her after she had been shot. She had to drive herself to to receive treatment. Um, these are cases where uh, it is a shining example of how, uh, yes, the Biden administration, the most pro-abortion president in our nation's history, is weaponizing these departments and uh, government against pro-life Americans. Yes, and we've got to be aware of what's happening because when you mentioned the story of the one isolated case of someone, I believe they, the guy used a Duraflame log and threw it up on the roof of a Planned Parenthood. That was one isolated case. It only took four days for them to track him down. Yeah. Even where they bought, where he bought the Duraflame log, from what I understand, and arrest him. Four days. And here it's been four months going on five, at least for one in Madison, Wisconsin, Compass Care in Buffalo. Um, I've had the Reverend Jim Harden on. We've talked about this, how they even have their security footage, which probably would show who did it. But now they can't, Compass Care can't even get the footage back. So there is a, a miscarriage of justice. It's an abuse. And we've got all we can do, friends, is vote the right people into office. All we can do also is raise awareness about these things like we're trying to do right now, because a lot of people don't understand this is happening because the media is not reporting on all these attacks across the country because it doesn't fit the pro-abortion narrative. Is there anything else I'm missing, Brad? Well, it's it's important to point out, if Donald Trump had been re-elected president of the United States, these things would not be happening. He would be clamping down on the Department of Justice. He would have an attorney general who would not do these things, and he would be fighting the FBI to make sure that they were not weaponized tools against Americans. Wow, so much to talk about today, but I'm glad we got an update there on some of these issues because there is a miscarriage of justice happening, and you wouldn't think, friends, uh, this would happen in America with our Constitution, with our freedoms, our justice system, but it has been compromised. And as you, I think you concluded that update in your email from Life Issues today by saying the evidence is mounting that only the abortion industry and its extreme supporters are being served by the DOJ and by the FBI. And, here, and That's this, right. Friends, this is just where we're at. So, um, Brad, we've just got one minute left, but I just want to remind people they can go to lifeissues.org and uh, support you guys as well. And when we come back, we're going to talk at least one story. Brad, we've got to get to some good news, at least on one story. There's some <laughs> fascinating uh, pro-life Really, some technological advances involving 4D ultrasound, and this is at uh, the Durham University in England, and we've also got some studies out of Virginia, University of Virginia. We'll talk a little bit about that when we come back, plus the lies put forth by a candidate for governor, Stacey Abrams, in Georgia about a fetal heartbeat. Maybe if you've heard about this story, we're going to refute that. When we come back with the help of Brad Mattis of Life Issues Institute. More on Stand Up for the Truth in just a minute.
your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Our guest today is Brad Mattis, president of Life Issues Institute. And before we get into a couple of these other topics and articles, Brad, before we got back on the air, you mentioned something about uh, something you guys are trying to do to get church leaders and churches involved and engaged in this issue, because as we know, the pulpits have generally, not all, but most have been silent on this most important issue of life in the womb and the abortion battle debate in our society. So tell us about what you're going to be doing. Sure. In addition to my daily radio commentary, every January 22nd, we produce a half-hour radio special a lot. This past year, over 800 Christian radio stations ran that program some multiple times a day, so we're reaching millions. Excellent. This time, we're doing a, uh, a topic that is very appropriate in a post-row environment, and that is, it's titled, No Woman Stands Alone. And one of the main messages we're putting in that program is that we need churches to be involved. So we're going to be talking to some people who are getting churches involved, and we're hopefully going to hear from a high-profile pastor who uh, is doing things also for life. Mm. Um, We absolutely, if we can make churches understand that this is an opportunity not for politics, Mm -hmm. it's an opportunity for ministry, because Satan is effectively using abortion to separate uh, souls from the Almighty. Yes, absolutely. And wouldn't it be great if the church got more involved and actually helped women, young women, some girls, teenagers who were confused, they're pregnant, of course they're scared. They need counseling, they need reassurance, they need to know that they're, they will be taken care of and or their baby. And even if they sh- should choose to adopt or allow the, give the baby up for adoption, someone will bring that into a loving home. Um, there are options out there, but the church needs to get even more involved. So that's something that we've been trying to encourage uh, churches to do across the country. And they've made it, Brad, as you know, a, quote, political issue. You know, the murder of a human life in a mother's womb has become politicized. And that's just where we're at today. So that's the battle we have to fight. But now some good news you have in your recent Life Issues Today uh, that just came out. Uh, researchers at Durham University in England Use 4D ultrasound to watch the faces of a hundred unborn babies as their mothers ate food. Uh, Brad, tell us what happened. <laughs> sure, it was it was really uh, fun to read about this one. Yeah, they they uh, used the ultrasound on, on about a hundred mothers, and they fed them the mothers carrots, and the children reacted. Uh, face, their facial expressions were that they were enjoying the carrots. And then, uh, conversely, the women were fed kale. And <laughs> the reaction on the baby's face was, uh, was not positive. Some looked like they were going to cry. Oh. Um, as a kale fan, I found that a little disheartening, but <laughs> you can understand. And, and other studies also showed that babies can taste and smell uh, evidence of foods in the amniotic fluid. Years ago, they would sweeten that amniotic fluid. The babies would swallow more often. When they put something bitter in there, they would swallow less often. So there's multiple studies that shows the humanity of this unborn children One even shows their personality, one that likes to cuddle, Mm. for instance, and is more sensitive to things. There are things that researchers are uh, observing in in this research that is showing so much is taking place. God has knit us together in our mother's womb, Mm. uh, and he's done remarkable, miraculous things. So it's great when science uh, does a little bit to catch up with Jesus, who... uh, is, of course, the, the giver of life, and um, it's just, it, yeah, it was, it was a great thing to read about. Yeah, the Word. Jesus is the Word. He is the truth, and it's nice when science and biology and man, mankind, catch up with the truth the Bible speaks about, being, <laughs> being knit together in our mother's womb. Uh, Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah, God spoke 
uh, even before he was born, I mean, that's also what Psalm 139, 16 says. All the days ordained for us were written in his book before we were even born, and so much more. But that other study was out of the University of Virginia about the uh, inclination to cuddle. Uh, but I, I wanted to see, I, I wonder if they'll eventually do studies on uh, when a mom eats pizza when she's pregnant or when she has some sort of, you know, uh, you know, just different foods. Uh, that would be fascinating. But, uh, Brad, let's go on to this other story. Um, and this is something to share on social media. This is a quote from you. Um, it even goes back to Roe v. Wade was founded on a lie. And we have seen falsehoods promoted along the way to impose an extreme abortion agenda on our nation. We must stand up for the babies and their mothers. That's a quote from you in a recent issue. And now the reason you say that, it's not just Roe v. Wade that was founded on a lie. It's the whole battle itself, the debate on what is true, what happens when a woman becomes pregnant. And so let's talk about the lie that Stacey Abrams put out there recently. Um, she's a pro-abortion candidate for governor in Georgia. And as you say, she deserves an award for being the top science denier in America. And friends, if you don't know what she said, quote, there's no such thing as a heartbeat at six weeks. She's talking about a pregnant mom and a, and a baby. She said this, it is a manufactured sound designed to convince people. This is just amazing to hear someone at least running for office, let alone in the public square, to say such a thing. And we know why she's saying it, but let's talk about this, Brad. Let's talk about the truth. Well, I, I think she also added that, that this sound was manufactured by men. Yes. So that we could control women's bodies. Yeah. <laughs> and when I heard it, I thought, well, even Stacey Abrams is not that dumb or foolish. Um, there is a wealth of information and expert after expert uh, uh, made public statements that this just wasn't true. 18 to 28 days is when traditionally, uh, uh, normally when that baby's heart begins to beat. Um, the heartbeat legislation that uh, was passed in Georgia is a real problem for the abortion industry and advocates because Good. it shows early in pregnancy at six weeks, you could detect a heart beating in your doctor's office. And when she denied that reality, that basic, basic medical fact, yep. um, she referred to, to flat earth science. And um, I think there are millions of women and probably tens of thousands in Georgia who heard that and were deeply offended that she would deny the humanity of, of these mothers, unborn babies, when they heard the heartbeat in the doctor's office. Many of the fathers are there, too, to hear that. That's a monumentally important and precious memory that's embedded in their minds for all of their life, and mm. for some political candidate to deny that that's reality was just so over the top. I think that this comment was a blessing in uh, for yeah. us because it just shows how extreme, how ignorant, and how devious uh, pro-abortion people are about trying to hide the reality. It's, again, an effort to keep Americans in the dark. Yep about the unborn child and what abortion does to that child and what abortion does to the parents. Well, you're right, Brad, but we have, unfortunately, an uninformed and so sometimes ignorant electorate in America when it comes to these issues. So that's how she can get away with saying something like that. People on The View were, were all behind her, right, and they influenced millions of women. I want to quote Ken Ham, who wrote an article over at Harbinger's Daily called Dehumanizing Babies in the Womb, uh, Planned Parenthood and Democrats Attempt to Redefine the Word Heartbeat. He said, I write about many ridiculous statements that people make, and I keep thinking, surely this is the most ridiculous thing I will ever write about, but I just keep getting proven wrong. Um, so he talked about this. So are all doctors and hospitals in on this grand conspiracy that's apparently lasted over 60 years to play fake sounds for excited moms and dads to hear. And he's re referring to uh, the Doppler. The fetal Doppler was actually developed or invented in 1958, and they've made 
tremendous advances since then. So it's ridiculous nonsense, as Ken Ham says. Uh, your comments on that, Brad? Well, he's right. Uh, there's no way that that can be factual. And, and this is where I think that more people than you may realize, uh, David, are listening to this, realizing for what it is. And I think it's going to have an impact uh, in this election adversely for uh, the woman who said it. Uh, it just uh, it's beyond the pale. And they've She's overplayed her card on the abortion issue, I and I so. think it's going to come back to bite her big time. I hope so. I just want to clarify, not clarify, but I want to add a very important point. When people say, oh, my body, my choice, let's get back to the facts. The baby has his or her, her own DNA, half from mom, half from dad. And if the baby is a boy, have his own, his, has his own unique sex chromosome, a Y in addition to the X when mom is pregnant, she does not have four hands, four arms, four legs, four feet, and two heads. Why? Because the unborn child is not part of the woman's body. He or she is a separate, unique human being who is simply living in his or her mother's body. Brad, is there anything else you can add? This is a great article by Ken Ham, by the way, uh, and we'll get to some stats in a minute. Well, uh, I think for us as a movement to respond to it's not your body, um, medically speaking, may not be all that effective because the frame of mind for women who say that is that they believe they're being forced to carry a child through pregnancy, forcing her body to do something that she doesn't want to. Hmm. So I think perhaps a more effective way to respond to that is is you have a very unique uh, individual in your room, and we want to uh, pass laws that combine the rights of both mother and child. We want to love you both. Mm, and like we that. will be there during pregnancy, during birth, and after to help you and provide resources that you need that will equip you to choose life. It's flipping it and giving it a positive mm. spin that we have found is more effective. I like that. I like that. So let's talk about some stats, uh, Brad, that Ken Ham lays out here. And, um, uh, you know, those who re- who support abortion on demand, they, they have a conscience. Deep down they know it's a human life. It's not some clump that's dead. Dead things don't grow, by the way. So they have to manufacture um, outrageous lies. So let's talk about what we, most of us, do not know up to 64% of abortions involve coercion. Someone like the, the, the abortion industry, uh, you know, they're Democrats, the Hollywood, um, whatever else. They, people are talked into. Young women, girls are, are scared. They're talked into having an abortion without giving all the facts, without counseling. Uh, what can you share about that, Brad? Well, it's true, and some of the research I've uh, seen shows it's upwards of 70% mm. of women who were felt coerced, pressured, or maligned into having an abortion. Mm. And what's interesting is what really makes an impact on a woman's choice whether to have an abortion or not is whether she has support there. Mm. And one of the key areas of support is the, mother, the father of that unborn child, regardless of the extent of their relationship, um, 83% can have noted would have carried their baby to term if they had received support from the baby's father. And here's where a lot of fathers make mistakes. When, when the girl comes to him and says, I'm pregnant, he responds, I'll support you on whatever you want to do. The, the translation women have for that is that he doesn't want the baby mm. and he just assumes she choose abortion. Men need to step up to the plate and defend their baby. They are, are responsible for that child. And if they encourage the woman to have that child, telling them that I'll be here to help you and you can, you can look to me for resources so that we can choose life for our baby. So many more women would choose life. Hmm. Amen to that. Um, let's talk about another stat here. 
Um, in that 95% of cases, it says, uh, men play a central role in the decision to abort. So that's interesting. So 95% of the cases, pro-abortion. So, but they're, yet they're trying to say it's men who are trying to prevent abortion, right? It, they, they can't have it both ways, right? Right, right. Um, when they say it's my body, my choice, uh, support me or get out of the way, uh, you know, we have a right to have a place at the table in the abortion debate, mm. whether it be in um, the legislative halls of states, in the halls of Congress, in a debate before a school board, wherever it is, men have a right to, to voice their concern, their opposition to abortion, and defend and advocate for the life of their children. Mm. The sad fact, uh, one more stat we can talk about. We have two minutes left, Brad. Um, 79% were not counseled about alternatives, and 67% of women uh, said they received no counseling beforehand. That's got to change. Yes, and, and I have no question that that is true, because if you look at the stats of Planned Parenthood, uh, pregnant women who walk in their doors, over 90% of them have abortions. And that's an indication they do not present alternatives. They do not present uh, resources that, so that they can choose life. And it comes back to the money thing, David. Yep. Planned Parenthood is there to make money. Abby Johnson's comments um, uh, revealed that truth. And um, we have to understand it's an industry. We call it the abortion industry for a reason. They're there to make money, and women and their babies and fathers are kicked to the curb in the process. Yes, big abortion business, over a billion dollars in revenue every year, and more than half of that, 500, almost 600 million comes from our tax dollars, tragically. That's got to change, too. Uh, Brad Mattis, thank you so much for all the work you do. Again, friends, lifeissues.org. God bless you. We will talk to you, Lord willing, in the near future. Okay. Thanks a lot, David. You're most welcome. Bye-bye. Um, all right, friends, when we come back, we'll talk about a couple other articles and news stories we have, including we're talking about the love of money being the root of all evil. Gender transition surgery, uh, the industry, may balloon up to $5 billion by the year 2030. We've got some research on that. It's about money, sadly. More on Stand Up For The Truth in just a minute. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. All right, let's continue now in that story I just teased. Um, you can read about this at the Daily Wire. Um, the industry surrounding transgender surgeries is expected to reach $5 billion by the end of the decade. Um, insurance companies are getting getting involved, Aetna, Unicare. They may cover some components of, quote, sex reassignment surgeries, including hysterectomies and ovaryectomies. That's, those are real words. Uh, Grandview Research said government support is also driving the market. It's a market. It's a moneymaker. Vanderbilt Hospital in Tennessee, I think it's in Nash, Vegas, um, it's right next to where the Daily Wire have their home base. Um, they were caught on tape. I don't know if you heard this before. We did, reported on this in the show Educated um, that they were saying you can make, depending on the kind of surgery, 20000 or 40000 for one surgery, and then there are follow-ups. The, the person has to come back to the hospital for checkups, and then there are follow-ups, and then there are future surgeries, and then they're whatever, the, the hormones or whatever else they have to do to take the, the drugs. So the pharmaceutical interest, industry gets involved with this as well. And they even said that, uh, quote, bottom surgery, meaning, you know what I mean, below the waist for a transgender, a, quote, sex change, which is impossible, but that's what it's, it's you know, uh, physical cosmetic mutilation, whatever you want to call it, it could be bring in over $100,000 to the hospital for surgeries, for follow-ups, for all this. So understand the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, whether it's abortion, Planned Parenthood, whether it's transgender ideology. 
We're in some very fascinating times, friends, and God willing, we won't be here in the year 2030. I hope not. But uh, (laughs) um, they're saying that this market size, the reassignment, sex reassignment surgery market size, last year it was valued at $1.9 billion. It's expected to expand annually um, and go up to 2030. We're talking a $5 billion industry. So keep your eyes and ears on some of these headlines, and you'll understand why hospitals who really don't believe a person, because they know they've been trained, most (laughs) doctors and surgeons, they've been trained on biology, DNA, the body, how how we are created, although they don't credit a creator, God. They know how the human body is formed and how it works. They know you cannot alter, change, truly change a person's sex or gender. Um, You can't change your DNA. That's forever. They know that. So they're not following the, quote, science. But I want to get to a good headline. A, a, A praying judge from Texas won a major victory in appeals court in this ruling. This is just a few days ago, I believe. Lengthy battle down in Texas. Finally, a Texas judge can continue opening his courtroom proceedings with a prayer. Jeez. Oh, Lord. This is, this is where we're at today, friends. You have to go to court if you want to say a prayer in public. This is where we're at today. Wake up. In America, land of the free, formerly, and home of the brave, formerly. So what happened? The Freedom From Religion Foundation targeted Montgomery County Justice of the Peace, Wayne Mack, in 2019 over his custom of starting each day with a few minutes of prayer uh, delivered by faith leaders from the community. Um, so the appeals court voted two to one in favor of Mack, rejecting the claim that invocations could be viewed as prejudicial. The judges ruled Mack can continue allowing chaplains and ministers. Thank, I mean, thank God. You know, it's a shame these things have to go to court, but thank God for the positive rulings that occasionally come out, but likely don't make the news because of the media's bias and the media's warped worldview. And they are complicit in the evil running rampant in America because they don't report fairly. They have one worldview. It's Marxism. It's socialism. It's globalism. And what I like to call them friends, I mean, give me a better adjective, but we are under the influence, as far as the media goes, of a one-party Democrat media big tech conglomerate in America. Let let me know if there's a more accurate way we can describe that, a one-party media big tech conglomerate in America. And we know that. We know that because if we look at who they're censoring, and who they're not censoring, okay? Um, a, a follow-up on this story that Brad Mattis and I discussed briefly in segment one today. Um, uh, Christian pro-life are arrested by FBI. Um, Ryan Marie, um, Mark Houck's wife, was on Tucker Carlson in describing the fact that the guns were drawn. They came pounding on their door. Their seven homeschooled children were at home, and... Tucker asked, what's the result? What's the effect on the children? Well, they're crying a lot. Even the older ones, they cry and they're going to counseling. The younger ones, they don't understand this. They don't understand what's going on. They cry and she said they're spending a lot of nights in bed with their parents or on their parents' bed first thing in the morning because they're scared. They don't, they don't know how to process this, the younger children. This was an act of intimidation by the Democrat FBI and the Democrat system of justice in America. Understand that, friends. We, we laid out the facts before. You cannot refute the facts that there was an arrest made after four days of a, an apparent planned parenthood attack. Someone went and threw a Duraflame log up on the roof, I guess. Four days. They tracked down the guy, found out where, he's, where he bought the log, and arrested him. It's been four to five months since many of these pro-life clinics and churches have been vandalized, defaced, firebombed, and no arrests, not a single arrest. 
We're going to bring Jelaine Appling in in a couple of weeks and get an update on her, but they're offering a $5,000 reward, as I mentioned earlier. But let's go back to these seven points you should know about this story out of Philadelphia. Hauk was arrested because of a minor incident that took place a year ago. A year ago. A rabid pro-abortion activist was in the face of his 11-year-old child, and he it was in his child's space, personal space, and he just put his arm out to push the guy away. So that's what happens. Number two, Biden's politicized DOJ and FBI jumped on the case, even though it was dismissed a year ago. Number three, um, what is the FACE Act, F-A-C-E, the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances? That's the FACE Act. It's an obscure law that makes it a federal crime, apparently, to use force, the threat of force, or physical obstruction to prevent individuals from going in and murdering their preborn babies uh, and obtaining or providing, quote, reproductive health care services. And, you know, that's a bunch of BS right there. The, just the wording, providing reproductive health care services. They're serving Satan is who they're serving. And I think we're just going to start having to call this for what it is. It is calling evil good and good evil. Going back to Isaiah 520 again. Um, but that bill was signed into law by President Clinton in 1994, the other Clinton, Bill Clinton, uh, <laughs> and prohibits the use of, of force and preventing people from going in and, and um, going through with the death sentence on their preborn children. So number four, the problem is Hauk didn't commit a crime, not according to local police, not according to a state judge who dismissed the case, and not according to the FACE Act. So how how did the FBI end up raiding his home? 20 agents, many vehicles on their front lawn, 7 in the morning, an act of intimidation, and, and humiliating them in front of their neighbors. What What is that in America? It's communist policy, friends. Number five, Hauk didn't stop anyone from entering the clinic, so he didn't get in their way. Number six, what Biden's politicized and weaponized DOJ and FBI is doing is wrong. And the number seven point you need to know, uh, the Democrat Department of Justice and FBI have broken their oath to uphold the Constitution because that was an unconstitutional raid on an innocent citizen's home on their personal private property. It was unconstitutional. He broke no laws. This is amazing, guys. This is amazing this is happening. So... We may talk about a little bit about this uh, with John Haller tomorrow, but we'll probably focus much more on Bible prophecy. We've got a couple minutes left, and um, oh, what story to go to next? How about this um, uh, over at Harbinger's Daily, eugenics? Yeah, well, this kind of goes in line with the subject today, the topic, eugenics re- rears its ugly head, why we should not tolerate the left's warp worldview. The subject, AOC. The Democrat Socialist uh, Congresswoman, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She says it's better not to be born than to be alive if you're poor. She said on another tweet last week, um, but even more sad than that, many of her liberal followers and socialist followers chimed in and agreed with her. These are twisted and eugenic views, friends because she's all in on the climate change, environmental extremism, that man is the problem, there's a population control issue. So, of course, abortion and eugenics are necessary tools to use to get the population down. But she also brings in Marxism in this warped worldview, this ideology of AOC. They see the world through the lens of class struggle. There are oppressors and there are those who are oppressed. She recently said that forcing women to give birth against their will is a profound economic issue. Um, Here's her tweet. Abortion, quote, abortion rights are a class struggle, too. When the powerful force people to give birth against their will, just the opposite of what China does or used to do with their one-child policy, they trap millions into cycles of economic setback and desperation, especially in a country without guaranteed health care. And desperate workers 
are far easier to exploit. There's so much in there, we can't possibly unpack it all, but who's exploiting the poor in America? Let's be real. Since the 1960s and Lyndon Johnson's great society, right? Anyway, first of all, there's no such thing as a, quote, right to abortion. And in the true meaning of words, the true meaning of words, right and the word abortion. In her world, however, a pagan government gives you the right to murder those alive in the womb. That that right to life comes from government, not God. That's what the secular progressives believe. That's what the left, that's part of their worldview, understand. I call it a warped worldview. Rights come from government, not from God. Well, if government gives rights, government can take away those rights. But if God gives us inalienable rights, beginning with life, because <laughs> you can't get the liberty and the pursuit of happiness without the right to life, then why would it be permissible for man or woman to murder a preborn human being if God truly gives us those rights? He does. We have a right to life because of God creates every human life in his image. Millions and million, billions <laughs> of people in the history of the world. So is it compassion to eliminate those who are seen in society as weak, unfit, unable to be provided for? That's what Planned Parenthood's founder Margaret Sanger was all about, weeding out the disadvantaged, the weak, the poor, the impoverished. And, and re- again, remember, friends, uh, 90, 79% of abortion clinics, Planned Parenthood's at least, are in minority neighborhoods. That's by design. She uh, was involved with what's known as the Negro Project. Look it up because we don't have time to get into it. Margaret Sanger, the Negro Project. Right, that's right. If she were alive today, she would be called a white supremacist. But yet, it's, it's the founder of Planned Parenthood. Um, the selective breeding of fellow humans and man deciding, man being God, playing God, deciding who is allowed to be born and who is not allowed to be born. That's what this is all about. That's eugenics. And so you, this article, again, I don't have time to get into any more of it, but it's called Eugenics Rears Its Ugly Head. Again, that is also at Harbinger's Daily. We are very thankful for them for just putting out so much good um, Bible-related worldview, great information, great articles. They promote us, thankfully. Um, we're one of the ministries they are um, using, and God bless them. So forget what you've been told by the liberal media, the propaganda that you're hearing from Hollywood, academia, and others, believers. Don't be deceived by the rhetoric. No, they are redefining the terms, trying to redefine God, truth, and life. As for silent pulpits, encourage your pastors to take the lead and speak up about these issues. Encourage them. Respectfully approach your pastors, please. Um, So tomorrow, prophecy. Worldview, Globalism, John Haller. We could do three podcasts with John, but we're going to try to squeeze it into less than an hour. And I can't wait to uh, catch up with him. Uh, Coming up next week, uh, Pete Garcia, Jeff Solwald, Pastor Carl Gallup, Scott Lively, and more. God bless you, friends. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.